Join me again in prayer as we prepare to go to the Word. Father, we come to you once again this morning, now asking you to open our hearts through your Holy Spirit, opening our minds to receive from you, from your Word. Lord, even though we have varied needs and, and, and different situations, each of us in our lives, we open your Word and we know through your Holy Spirit you can cause it to minister to each and every one of us. And that we pray for that to happen this morning, each of us praying for the other to be blessed by your Word. And Father, as we do, we ask, Father, that you would uh, cause it to also strengthen us to walk with you and to draw closer to you and closer together as a family. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning I'll be sharing with you uh, going back to Romans chapter 12, and we'll be looking at verses 3 through uh, chapter uh, 3 through 6a. I'm going to say three through chapters 3 through 6, all at one time now. Uh, chapter 12, verses 3 through 6a, the first part of verse 6. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. What... Uh, Paul has been driving for in this and some of it that we've already shared. We could even go back to verses 1 and 2 and talk about the, those verses that talk about the fact that we need to have our minds transformed. The, way we, the very way we think. Uh, you've heard me frequently use the term belief window. Uh, that you, you know, Spurgeon called them you know, belief glasses, if you will. Uh, they, they go on and they stay on. The minute you wake up in the morning, you're looking through it. And, and everywhere you look, that, they, they go with you. And on that window or on those glasses 
are written all of the principles that are in your life, all the beliefs that you think will cause your needs to be met. And we have physical needs, we have all sorts of needs, but the core of everything is, is that we have a spiritual need in Christ. And when that's met, even when the other needs are not met, we can still rest with a confidence that the rest of the world can't understand. In fact, sometimes that's when our testimony is the most vibrant in the sense of other people saying, gosh, what's in you that make you respond differently? You know, we'd be going nuts or whatever under these circumstances. And so it begins to be a way it even that our testimony uh, gets shared. But this idea of transforming the mind, tra transforming the very way we think, the principles that, that we live by. And I think of my BC days before Christ came into my life, and, and my principles were <laughs> definitely not Christian principles. And it's, it's taken, well, 76, August of 76 to now to uh, work on it. <laughs> and God is still getting in there. I know that I've shared with you many times my, my picture for the way I see my life being transformed is like an, <laughs> I know this is silly, but like an artichoke, and the leaves are being pulled away, and the goal is always to get to the heart of the artichoke. And the last part of it, you know, it seems like, man, I've, I've got, you know, I'm not the man, and even my wife can tell you this, my kids, my family, he's not the man he was. Okay, they may be scratching their head, not understanding why, but they're, they're, they're saying he's not the man he was. But I'm sitting here saying, man, I'm still struggling with this and that and this and that. And, and, and for me, it was that picture of God is finally, he says, he says, now we're finally getting to the heart of the matter. What happens to have, has to happen to that artichoke heart before you can eat it? It has to be scraped. You notice what I said, scraped. The rest of it, you pull the leaves out. The artichoke heart has to be scraped. And there are thousands of those little tiny thistles. And you know, I, I can validate that they don't taste good, uh, which tells you that I tried a different method. Um, but uh, they, uh, they, they, you, it, it's, for me, it was that picture. God says, now I'm getting down to the very things that are anchored deep in your heart that nobody else can see. You know, and he's cleaning it. And it's possibly, at times, the most painful because it's the most personal. And we're finally getting to the heart of the matter. So we're all going through this. It's a lifetime commitment. God has committed himself to finishing this work. He will do it. He will complete it. We will stand before him eternally with hearts that are pure and clean because he has done it. But we're going through the process, and this is it, transformed. Instead of conformed to the world, transformed into the things of God, the things, likeness of Christ. And it says as a result of that, we'll begin to understand what God's will is. It's, it's something that, you know, we say what's God's will for anything, and we want to know. The key is to understand what God's will is basically, and most of it's revealed, in fact, all of it is really revealed in his, his word as far as what is important. Now, I look at that somewhat differently as I, I'm watching my son, who, who's graduated from HSU now, and, and he's looking to the future, and he's, he's struggling and thinking, you know, what am I going to be 10 years? What's the, what do I have to do now to, what's the will, what's God's, you know, what's the plan, Lord? What's the, 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 the 
the you know direction now, and and uh, you know I told him I said well you you asked me for a new copy of the the, the Bible a few weeks ago you can start there, <laughs> you know, read that and it'll tell you you know things that you already can know for instance it's God's will I know I don't have to pray about whether I should steal something or not. I may have to pray for the power not to sit something, you know, but, but I, I, you know, I don't have to pray about whether or not to do it. I don't have to pray about murdering somebody. I don't have to pray about a lot of things as far as the right and wrong. I know the will of God in those things. I know that I'm supposed to, according to the word of God, this is his will, that we will work with our hands. In fact, he says to a group of people, he says, steal no more, work with your hands that you might make a living and enough more to share with those in need. I, I see we have a lot of things and my, my contention is is that if I'm not doing those things the hidden will of God the variable things are going to be all the harder to see but when you are doing those things you feel very comfortable you can feel I know I'm on the path and you can feel comfortable even if you can only see one day at a time sometimes God will give you a little more insight than that Kathy and I knew when we were to go to Bible college that it was what we were supposed to do. We knew it months before it happened. Then all sorts of things came as obstacles in between. We had no problem dealing with them because we knew we were to be where we were. And so we went ahead. Most everybody else thought we were nuts. They said nobody will go to Bible college under those circumstances. And uh, the rest is history. So sometimes they'll give you a little... Heads up a little bit further down the road, give you a confidence about what you're supposed to do, but even then, it may not happen the way you thought it was going to. In fact, most of the time, even in the process of working it out, I would have done it this way. <laughs> and God says, no, that's not the best way. Hard to see sometimes, but being able to rest in it with confidence, transforming us. And one of the areas of this, this, this transformed person comes uh, around in verse 3, and I know we've talked about this a few weeks ago, and that's that honest evaluation or a sober judgment of me. Not you, me. I have to judge myself. It's so much easier to judge somebody else, I, 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 especially if I'm watching the news. Um, and you guys can take that any way you want. Uh, because you'll find that I, I, I get easily upset by a whole bunch of people. Uh, my fact, some enough so that Kathy says, why do you watch the news? <laughs> you know it's going to. <laughs> so I need to evaluate me, and that's what this scripture is all about. I need to assess who I am before the throne of God, and when I do that, it puts Every one of us at the same level. We are all sinners who need a Savior, period. No one ranks higher, lower than anybody else before the throne of God. Billy Graham is no more Christian than any other believer, no matter how much notoriety he's had. And he would tell you that immediately. He does not like Grahamites. People that, that say, oh, I'm a Billy Graham person. Yeah. He, would, he would rather never hear that. Yeah. We all are the same in that sense before the throne of God. Now, God will call and use us each differently. 
He'll cause us to become what we've also talked about, the body of Christ, the family of God, the church, his bride, all the different words that are used to describe it. So that, that, that when we come together as a body, uh, either in a fellowship or as the, the church body, i.e. The, the church, the world, of, of uh, the body of Christ globally, we interact in such a way to come alongside of each other. That's why we support missions. We're not tied to this, this one spot here. We support missions locally, and we support missions globally. We come alongside. There's biblical principle for that. I'm not going to get into that, but it's just there, there's, this is the family of God working together as a whole, and this part of the family of God you know, specifically working together. And God has given us each something to bring to the, to the, to the table, so to speak. I remember uh, years ago as, as uh, an, uh, one person becoming um, enclosed, self, you know, uh, have a, a, a shut-in, I guess is the, the way we term it. And I remember sharing how I went to take communion to her. This was years and years ago. And I was just visiting, and the church said, hey, why don't you go over to the such-and-such home where we used to take communion and take communion. They'd love to see you. And so I took communion in, in, instead of one of the elders of the church and, and to this rest home, and I was uh, serving. And, and I saw the one lady that uh, had been there for a long time. She's what you call semi-ambulatory. She can get up and get into, take care of her needs, and she can make it to the, re- to the, to the cafeteria on her own steam. Other than that, she's got arthritis. She had it so bad that she could hardly move. And next to her table, and I've shared this with you before, was a, a, a roller that uh, back in the 70s, it was a real popular thing to have a, a roller that you put adding machine tape on, and it had a little window in it, and it was the honeydew list. You know, and it, you roll it, and it had you know, something be written on it. And I, I, I recall because some of them were... You could go like this and, and find, you know, tons of stuff, mine. And, and uh, uh, but there would be one thing up, you know, that needs to really be done, and you'd look in the little window, and that's what you would see. She had prayer requests on that. And every day, she'd roll it to the, to wake up in the morning and roll it to the next one, and the next time she prayed, she'd pray for that person, and maybe two or three more and then roll it to the next one ready to, for it to pray, you know, for the next time. She'd wake up in the middle of the night before she would take her pain medication, and she would pray for a while. <laughs> it never hit me at, so personally until I was bringing communion. She had no idea I was coming. And there was Kathy's and my name on, the, on the, the next to be prayed for. And I realized, here I am, I'm on this lady's prayer list. She had a powerful ministry. Somebody, you know, in the newspaper, if there was an injury or a thing and she could get an address, she sent a card. She didn't care who it was. She had a powerful ministry to the body and as a result, even through the body, to the community. And she was bedridden. You see, we're not locked out simply because of physical things. We're not, you know, it's an awesome thing. Somebody say, well, all I can do is pray. In fact, that's, Miriam, that's sometimes what she would say. All I can do is pray. She's praying for me. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> this, this is a powerful thing. So we all have a piece to bring, something to bring to the table, to the body of Christ. 
We're all part of one body. And we see that Christ is the head. We've talked about this as well. Christ is the head. He's the sovereign. We fortune, we, in fact, we function according to Christ's plan. A plan that's before the foundation of the world. Ephesians says that we, as we begin to do works, we work, do the works that he has planned for us. Christ is the one who has called us. He is the one who has placed us in his body, in a church, in his family. He is the one who has, you know, through his Holy Spirit, has given us gifts to, to work together. We'll get into that later on, and not today, but in the next couple of weeks. He's given us even talents that we're born with and skills that we acquire are all things that we are to use to his glory. Um, Lance Anderson, most of you in here, a lot of you know uh, Pastor Anderson, uh, was the pastor of Weot Christian Church for years and years and years, decided to retire, and is now the interim pastor for several years uh, at the Presbyterian Church there in town. Some people say, oh, isn't that the, I'm going to be careful how I say this, but you know, it, it has been known as a liberal church, but not with Pastor uh, Anderson in the pulpit. And uh, it's, uh, it's, and they love him. He, he's, uh, he, and uh, he is, he preaches the word of God clearly and crisply and de definitively, if you will, as far as what it is uh, to be saved. And, and uh, Lance handed me a book a few years ago. It's called uh, uh, the, uh, basic, I can't remember the exact title, but it basically deals with, it doesn't matter what, if you have a gift or a talent that you have, that you've acquired, or that you just have as a, as a natural gift, uh, maybe an artist, or, uh, you know, uh, a person who does, this, had to, this book had all to do with art, various forms of art, writing, anything, in the sense of, of, of artistic flair, and you're not doing it, he says, you're incomplete before the, before the God. And you don't necessarily have to be doing it for publishing, you don't necessarily have to do it for sale. He says, it might be something that God just wants you to do to, to be your outlet of, of a form of actually even worship. And so all of it comes together at some point, sometime, some way. All that God has put into us, is putting into us, has allowed us to absorb and to learn, to, to come and to set it before him and, and, and have it transformed to bring him glory. And that is, as it, is what we're here to do. This is the, the, the main purpose of of, of, of what we are here to do is to bring God glory. To worship him, to praise him. Think of all the psalms and, and scriptures that talk about praising God and giving him the glory. He alone is worthy. This is what we're here to do is to acknowledge that in every way through the day. God, thank you for the parking space right in front of the drugstore. God, thank you for letting me miss the parking space right in front of the drugstore while that person took it, while I was waiting for it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Isn't it funny, though? You know, we, 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 it's so easy to get off center very quickly. If you live in the Bay Area and you go downtown, you get six blocks within the place you want to go, you feel you've scored. Up here, if we can't park in front, we go around again. Yeah. And having come from a city life to here, I'm one of you, so I, I do it. Uh, this, this, 
you know, as I, I started this, going through the scriptures before my vacation, uh, this, again, this picture, each of us has a function in the body of Christ. And, and uh, Romans 12.5 uh, says, you know, though, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Members of one another. That is a, 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 almost, in a sense, a, a body term or a family term. We're brother, we, we use the term brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm going to contend, which means not just suggest, I'm going to fight for this, that Christ's blood, blood is thicker than family, earthly blood. <laughs> you know, we say blood is thicker than water, or we, you know, and all the different things when we relate, you know, family, you know, I'll suggest to you and then contend for it that Christ's blood is the thickest of all. Once you've entered into his family, his blood covers you in such a way that nothing can separate you from him. And we are all members of one another because of that. Isn't that an amazing thing to think about? We are all closer than close because of the blood of Christ. I, I know that I had shared some things in reference to, uh, in, a few weeks ago, in reference to Christ's relationship to the church and the church's relationship to him. Again, seeing him as the head, the, so, the, the sovereign Lord, Savior, Redeemer, he founded the church. He's building the church. The church is his. Matthew uh, 16, where Peter does his confession, Jesus says, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And what a powerful picture. I, Jesus, will build my, Jesus, church, us. Who owns it? It's his. He is the sovereign in every way. It begins and ends with him. I guess that's why he can say he's the Alpha and the Omega. We use that scripture sometimes and don't think about, you know, all that that means. But he's the, the, the beginning and the end of all that the church is as we rest in him. Through Christ, his mercy, his grace, we're saved. Not by anything that we bring to the table, but by what he brings to the table alone, we are saved. Therefore, you go back to this verse 3 picture of, of self-exam. There's just no room for boasting about what God, you know, like we could, we could take kind of an attitude, well, God's saved me. <laughs> you, no, me, yes. Uh, you know, and there are people that get very sure of, of in the sense of how they, they, they look at that and they, or, or look at how God has blessed me. I'm really saved or I'm really blessed, you know, and somebody else who doesn't have as much might turn around and say, well, I thought I was, you know, we're all saved the same amount. We all have the same amount of Holy Spirit and we all have that, that, that same basic spiritual core. And, and, and no, one has, no one has a right to anything but 
the judgment we deserve for our sins. And because he has removed that from us through the blood of Christ and judging Christ in our place, we come to his throne, all of us, exactly the same way on our knees. Crying out, save me, Lord Jesus. So there's no room for boasting. I used two terms, uh, I think the last week I, I preached before my vacation. Organization and organism. The church is not an organization. Organizations are things like clubs and businesses, and, and uh, they have purposes, and, 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 they, you know, and they do great things. And you know, I think of Lions Club that does their eyesight thing, and other groups that do great things through their clubs and organizations. The church is not an organization because Christ is living and is the head. We are his body. We are living and we are his body. We're an organism. We're a living thing, along with his word itself, which is described as living because it reveals life and what it is to be truly living. And within the framework of this, he, Paul is here driving this point home. We need each other. We need each other. Enough so that the author of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, not to forsake fellowship, but come together that we might you know, encourage and build up one another. In fact, you realize that uh, the majority of what Christ tells us to do, we couldn't do unless we were in fellowship with each other? The first one that would be most obvious, they will know who you are by your love for one another. How is that going to happen if one another didn't get together? I've got some people that have just even recently, people that I've known for years and years and years, churchgoers who said, I just don't need church anymore. In fact, one of them, I said, you know, if you told me that, you know, 10 years ago, I'd have given you a lengthy sermon right now. But I said, you already know the truth. I know you know. And that was the end of the conversation. We need each other. We need the fellowship of believers coming together. Colossians chapter 3 is an example. Uh, talks about... Uh, how we, are, we, we, we share with each other and, 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 and minister to each other. Um, it's Ephesians chapter 5 would tell you the same thing. Um, well, let's just, Colossians 3 chapter, chapter, <laughs> chapter 3, uh, verse 12, start there. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so that you also must forgive. Right there is something that can't be practiced in, by, by church in the woods by yourself. And 
And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now listen here. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiveness in your heart to God. And then a verse that is frequently quoted, leaving the rest behind. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Here's the list, folks, of what it, word and deed. <laughs> you know, this is where it starts, in the fellowship together. And people will walk away and say, gee, they must be Christians. At least that's the way it happened in Antioch when they first used the term Christians. It wasn't the Christians that did it. It was the citizens of Antioch that said, oh, look, there go the Christians, the people that follow Christ. How do we know that? Because of the way they treat each other and the way they live their lives. They're being transformed to something else that we don't understand. 1 Corinthians 12, other places, Ephesians 5, uh, talk about this. There's one other scripture I want to put into this picture with, with Colossians this morning. Um, Acts uh, chapter 2. Uh, Acts chapter 2, powerful chapter, the, 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 the Holy Spirit comes on the 120 praying and uh, a, a powerful message from Peter uh, sharing the, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and the need for him as a savior and man as a sinner, all the things that needed to be there to the point where the, the people that are there say, Peter, what must we do to be saved? <laughs> he, says, you know, he says, believe in Christ, you know, be baptized, receive the, the, the free gift of the Holy Spirit. And about 3,000 people did it that day. There were thousands more than that, by the way. So that was really a small number compared to what was there. But as they started to come together, it became a time of ministering one to another. This is what was happening initially in the church, starting with verse 42. And I, this is what I want to focus on, just you know, that verse. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the, fellowship to the, uh, and the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. There's four things there. The first church gave us the instructions and the, the, the picture of the basic content of, of, of coming together. The apostles' teaching. Does anybody know what the apostles' teaching is? It's called the canon, New Testament. We have it. Today, we are doing apostles' teaching. I'm not an apostle, but the apostle Paul, through the book of Romans, we are sharing together. We're doing that. We're here as a fellowship. We've greeted one another. We've, we, we've uh, you know, and, 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 and I love it. I get ex I've, I've told you several times. It, it, I, I'm kind of excited that, that, that Ted had to you know, say, Bob's on the other side of this, because <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm not trying to contain it now. I'm, try I'm trying to be part of it. You know, when I get up here, I have to finally say, okay, kids, sit down. Da -da -da -da, you know, and, and, and I feel guilty almost, because you guys are enjoying each other's fellowship so much. That's part of the fellowship, just enjoying each other's company. 
catching up. What amazes me is that you start before church, you'll do it in the middle of church, and you're going to do it again after church. And, 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 you know, I am thrilled by that. You know how many churches people come to church, get in, and get out? And it, it thrills me that you enjoy that. The apostles teaching, the fellowship together, the breaking of bread is communion. That was something very important to them to do as often as they came together, it says. And prayer. We've already done that with each other, by the way. Praying for each other. We've even got a, a, a prayer list in, you know, that's pretty extensive. Uh, some people say, boy, you guys got a lot of needs. No, we just, we, we're a body of believers who share even our thumb smashes. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the big things and the little things. Why? Because we're the body. I have two hangnails. I didn't have my finger clippers. I went, because I was catching it on everything. Now I just go like that, and it hurts. It's not very important, but it makes a big difference to me. <laughs> you know, we, I'm, I'm using that only as an example of the body interacting with the, you know, constantly, you know, sending signals to, you know, and, and, and signals back, you know, and thus it's through Christ. Oh, someone has a need. Oh, you want to use me, Lord, to fix that? You know how many times we pray for something and God's wanting to use us to, fill, to be the answer and we don't even take it that far? We pray for someone who is sick and shut in, but we never go see them or something, you know. Um, so we're, the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer it's, is, is, uh, was the result of, of coming together. And if you get into the next verse, and it says God started to do things. That's when God started. Yeah, doesn't it? Have you ever thought about this, too? I, 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 do you come to church expecting something to happen? When the fellowship of believers gets together, two or more are gathered in my name. Do you come anticipating that God is going to, to, to minister to you in some way? Or do you come because that's what you're supposed to do? And I'm not knocking that. Sometimes that we, we never even get past that. People say, well, if, I, if you can't come as a happy, if you'd rather be watching the game, you might as well stay at home. That's not what the scripture says. Even if, even if you don't feel like this is the place to be, but you know it's the place to be, that's conviction. So you're in the right place. But the, the idea normally is, is sometimes when it becomes, oh, well, you have to go to church today rather than we're going to church today, is because we're not always thinking in terms of what, what God might do today in somebody's life. We might not even know, but we can be excited anyway because we know it, 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 something happened for someone. Because we come knowing a God who works in the lives of the people, and, it, and it's constant. We prayed for Matt today. I'm confident that as we pray for comfort for Bob and Sarah, that God does something about it. And it's, you see, it's, it's with this confidence, expectation of God working as we come together and as we pray together, as we fellowship together, and even as we break bread together, because that brings us back to this self-examination point. 
It's a clear picture that, that Paul is, is giving us, that we are to care for one another. He says so in Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, uh, doing good to everyone, especially those who are of the household of the faith. But he says good to everyone. That everyone, by the way, is a generic everyone. It's not the church. To everyone. Everyone you come into contact, you're responsible to, to have a, a good attitude towards. What if they're mean? Love your enemy. Oh. Matthew chapter 25 talks about feeding the hungry, clothing the, those without clothes, giving water to the, those that are thirsty. And it has nothing to do with, with anything but that they had the need. We are to minister to one another. And as a result of ministering one to another and seeing what God has done to us, he says, then we're to take that and share it outside the, the, the fellowship, outside the body of Christ. So adding, you know, Colossians 3 and Acts 2 that we've shared together, you know, the teaching, the singing, the prayer, the thanksgiving, the breaking of bread. And that brings us to that part of the service, the breaking of bread, the sharing of communion, of what Christ has done for us. The God of all creation, before the foundation of the world, had a plan put together, seeing the end from the beginning, to save us, to bring us to this table, that we would review often what he had done for us and to do it until he comes again. I'd ask the ushers to come forward to uh, hold, hold the communion until we've all been served and then we'll share it together.
chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, again, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us, the fact that we can approach your throne for mercy and grace because of the sacrifice that you made, for the words it is finished from the cross, meaning that our judgment hadn't just been forgiven, but had been covered, paid for in full. Thank you. And as we proceed today, Lord, we ask that, that this would dominate our thinking in, in, in all areas of our life that it wouldn't be just something that 
the spoke of activity church is accomplished now onto this spoke of activity, but it would be the very hub of our existence that we are the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the fellowship of Christ, the family of God, joint heirs with Jesus, all that goes with that. May that be the thing that shapes our mind day in, day out, moment by moment. We ask for that through your Holy Spirit because we know in our flesh we will fight it at every point. And so we ask for help and encouragement and cause us to be that family of God, the, the body that encourages one another in such a way that we come together and accomplish as much of this as we can through your Spirit in our lifetime, Lord. We worship you. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name. As we close, I'd like to 